thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And this week in wellness, Australian researchers are investigating whether vitamin D could be the answer to our country's allergy epidemic. With 1 in 10 infants and 1 in 20 children in Australia already suffering from food-related allergies, and with the rate seemingly on the rise, researchers from the Murdoch Children's Research Institute are hoping that vitamin D might provide the answers. People who live in countries further away from the equator, who receive less sunlight, and as a result, may make less vitamin D, have higher rates of food allergies. So this provides a clue that vitamin D might contribute to food allergies, Associate Professor Perrett, researcher at the Institute, said. She went on to say that food allergies have been on the rise over the last 30 years in Australia, with the biggest culprits being peanuts, tree nuts, milk, eggs, and seafood. She also linked the timing of the increase with nationwide awareness campaigns to wear sunscreen to protect against skin cancer. Children between the age of 6 and 12 weeks will be given a daily drop of vitamin D in the five-year trial, and at one year old, they'll be tested for the 12 most common childhood allergens. As always, the link is in the show notes. Now, my opinion on this is that this is very interesting. I mean, first of all, we need to acknowledge that more research needs to be done. That's obviously why they're doing this study, to try and determine whether or not there is, in fact, a link. You know, it's really important to understand that correlation does not equal causation, just because there is seemingly a link between people closer to the equator doesn't mean that it's necessarily related to sunshine and particularly doesn't mean that it's necessarily related to vitamin D. So more research does need to be done to see whether it might be other factors involved, whether it's diet, whether it is the fact that they're getting outside more might mean that they're exercising more. There's a whole range of other factors that can come into this. I also think it's important for us to understand that there's no magic bullet when it comes to allergies. You know, we we seem to be wanting to try and find the one thing that causes all allergies and the one solution that's going to fix all the problems. But we know that our bodies are just so much more complicated than that, that there are so many different factors that come into developing allergies. And it's likely that there are going to be lots of different factors that need to come into providing a solution as well. So I don't think we should be pinning all of our hopes on vitamin D, but certainly it makes sense that with what we know about vitamin D and the benefits of vitamin D and the benefits of sunshine to our bodies, that there may well be a link there. So it is definitely worth doing more research and having a closer look at. It does raise the question of whether we need to reassess our obsession with sun avoidance. You know, we've just acknowledged that actually it is people closer to the equator who seemingly are doing better in terms of these allergies. And that's not because they've been taking vitamin D supplements. It's because they've been getting outside and getting into the sun. They've been getting the real deal and providing and producing vitamin D naturally because we know that much of our vitamin D is produced within our body rather than taken in orally. So it does raise the question of why we're suggesting the solution to this is to be using supplements when we have so much readily available sun here in Australia. Once again, the people who are near the equator aren't taking the supplement, they're getting that sun. Obviously, we need to make sure we're doing it safely. There is a limit to how much sun we can get without getting sunburned and risking potentially dangerous sunburns and cancers. So we do need to make sure that we're doing it in an intelligent way, that we're getting the timing right. You know, it doesn't take much sun. It can be up to 20 minutes of sun in order to get the vitamin D benefits. It doesn't have to be smack bang in the middle of the day when you're most at risk of getting sunburned. We can do it intelligently by limiting the amount that we are spending in the sun, as I'm sure people do when they're closer to the equator. They're probably not out there sunbaking in the middle of the day. 
but they're being intelligent about when they expose their skin to the sun. So we need to understand that as with most things, we can get too much sun and we can get too little sun, just as you can get too much and too little of just about any nutrient, even water, you can have too much and you can have too little. So I think we need to take a more intelligent, nuanced approach to the sun. So let's get outside. Let's spend time in nature. Let's spend time in the sun. We're likely going to get a whole bunch more benefits beyond just vitamin D and see a whole bunch more changes beyond just whether it may or may not affect our chance of getting allergies. Obviously, we're talking about small infants in this instance, so you need to be very careful with them about how much sun they're getting because their skin is very sensitive and very delicate. So, you know, that will probably need to be even less than the 20 minutes we mentioned earlier. But nevertheless, there are benefits to getting outside, to getting in the sun, to getting active, to getting exposed to nature that I think we're really starting to see come through in some of this research. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This podcast is brought to you by Vulnerable to Vital. I'm doing something I've never done before. I'm going to do my first public online mentoring session, Vulnerable to Vital. I know that in these times of uncertainty, many of you have been feeling vulnerable. Vulnerable physically, vulnerable mentally, and vulnerable financially. And I've been there. So at 7.30pm on Thursday next week, the 25th of June, I'll be running a virtual mentoring session for a maximum of 100 people to share with you all the best tips I use to take my feelings of vulnerability and turn them into feelings of vitality and resilience. It won't just be a boring webinar with me talking, and it certainly won't be one of those pre-formatted, pre-recorded webinars that we all hate. It'll be me, live and interactive, answering your questions, coaching you personally, taking on board your feedback, and making sure that the material is 100% relevant to you. To join me and be one of the 100 people with exclusive access, head to drbretthill.com forward slash vital to sign up, or click on the link in the show notes. That's drbretthill.com forward slash vital. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.